Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Sunday, January 17th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. In this episode, uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be able to have a conversation with Flyers assistant coach Mike Yo. Now, Mike Yo, obviously, part of the coaching staff full of guys who were head coaches and maybe again will be someday soon. But Mike Yo is an assistant coach right now, and he also is the coach of the Flyers penalty kill, where they had to actually, in the last game, game two of the season on Friday against the Penguins, because Sean Couturier was out. Scott Lawton was in the block in the box, and they had to deploy Joel Farabee to kill a penalty for the first time, I, th- I believe, in his NHL career. We'll talk to Mike about that and much more in this episode of Flyers Daily. Flyers will be back in action coming up tomorrow night when they take on the Buffalo Sabres. It'll be their first back-to-back of the season, Monday and Tuesday, both games, once again, at the Wells Fargo Center. Buffalo 0-2, lost both games to the Washington Capitals. Flyers 2-0, you're going to get a Buffalo team that knows 56-game season. We need to get points. We can't fall too far behind and be chasing it in a division where every team plays each other and you only have the 56 games. So you'll get the best effort from Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, Rasmus Dahlin, and the entire Buffalo Saber organization coming up on Monday and Tuesday. Flyers will look to go to 3-0. And and that, that would that would 2-0 is a great start. 3-0 is an even better start. So they'll look to keep it going as well and continue the depth scoring and continue the dominant offensive play. Uh, from a goal-scoring perspective, but also a little less time in their defensive zone. We'll talk about that's another subject that we'll talk with Mike Yo about, and let's get to it right now. Here's my conversation with Flyers assistant coach Mike Yo. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily is Flyers assistant coach. I haven't talked to him in a while, and I miss our conversations. It's Mike Yo. Yozi, how are you? I'm doing great, I'm, and I miss our conversations too. It's nice to be uh, back to work and and everything feeling normal again. Yeah, we talk during hockey season, and it's almost counterintuitive. All all the people involved are like, I can't wait to get back to work. And people are like, why are you chomping at the bit to get back to work? It's because we love the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, you 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 missed it. Well, like I missed it while we were out, but and then now getting back, it's obviously we miss the fans, and and that sucks not having you know our fans in our building. But at least to be back playing the game, at least to be coaching with the guys and competing and 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 winning hockey games uh that at least that is starting to feel back to normal anyways yeah and just the camaraderie that goes along with it let me ask you is either how you know you've coached in this league a long time you've been in the game a long time and it's not just that there's no fans that there's a lot of restrictions and there's a lot of i mean i read the protocols that the nhl put out you guys are under a lot of restricted protocols what's it like kind of day-to-day for you and and kind of dealing with that part of it just so you know everybody can stay safe and keep the game on the ice well it's it's uh the the catchphrase the new normal it's the it's the new normal for us uh um you know just in in terms of how we operate on a day-to-day basis it's uh you know obviously masks all around the rink um you know that 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 part of it's different. Uh, no question. Even like guys come in with a ball cap on and a mask, and I'm trying to figure out who's who. You know, and so uh, you know that part of it's different. How we have the players organized inside the locker room is different. You know, we're trying to spread them out as much as possible. If by chance uh, the virus does make its way into our locker room, I think the most important thing is is the damage control and making sure that it doesn't hit everybody. You know, at once and. And so we're doing everything we can uh, there, um, you know, and, and so it, how we how we operate our meetings, uh, you know, that, like you were talking about the camaraderie, how much guys are around each other, how much you're around them. That part of it is different. 
but you know, it's also, you know, we're, we're, we're not complaining here because at least we are back playing and, and at least we are back together. So um, like I said, it's the new normal and that's, that's just how we're dealing with it. Yeah. Eventually we get back to normal and, and everything, you know, no mass and everything at some point, we don't know when that is, but uh, I know that from the fans perspective too, that what you guys are providing the escape for the fans away from, you know, our, our pretty crazy world right now is, is very much appreciated and what you guys are doing and you're off to a great start, but let me, let me start with obviously Sean Couturier had the, uh, the injury in the second game against the Penguins only got two shifts in that game. Kind of a bizarre injury, as I read, it, kind of what it was with the a little bit of cartilage, I guess, separating from the breastbone, which sounds painful. I've never had it, but um, you guys right now are in a position, you know, you lose Couturier, you can't replace a player like that per se, but you guys have some options here. Morgan Frost is an option at, that you guys like at center, maybe an option to come into the lineup. You can always move Claude Giroux back to the middle as well and kind of move things around and put a, another winger in, whether that's Frost or Bunneman or, or somebody. But having those options in organizational depth, that, that's where this really pays dividends, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know what? We, I think where what, what really pays dividends is some of those options had really good training camps. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, Claude, Claude uh, G looked really good with, hazy and and that line was clicking and and obviously he's got experience in the league but in order to have options you need other people that have that ability to step in and, and to help you and to contribute uh morgan frost i thought had a really good training camp to me he looks stronger he looks more confident um and uh and it's, he he's a guy that that certainly has us talking we're in today it was an off day for the players but as coaches we were meeting and discussing how we're going to operate you know going forward with coots out and how we're going to approach practice tomorrow and so without getting into it too much obviously he's a guy that's very much at the top of our uh, discussion list and then uh, you know uh, Bunneman had a really good training camp as well uh, he's another guy that's uh, capable of playing both center and wing um, so th- th- I, I don't want to leave anybody out there was a lot of guys that that are knocking on the door um that had really good training camps you know depth only matters if it's good (laughs) you know you can you can lose guys there's always somebody to fill in but are they going to fill in adequately are they going to help your team win hockey games and uh to me both bunny and frosty um really look like uh they could come in and and step in seamlessly so they're going to get a chance to prove that now obviously training camp is one thing and uh, and now doing it in the regular season is another level so they're gonna have to do it uh you know if they get that opportunity mike you just talked about uh frost camp and and i want to kind of put him and and joel farabee together they're kind of attached already but um a little less though with joel moving the number from 49 to, to 86 but that being said, did it look like to you for both of those players, young players that in camp that the game is slowing down in their head and they're able to make plays because they're not almost panicked is the wrong word, but feel like everything's on top of them at every second. Yeah. You know what? That That's exactly how that's what happens with young players is you come in and, and you know, the, the game is faster. And, and the thing is, is, uh, you know, fear almost makes the wolf bigger than it is. And so now you start to play in your mind that things are happening even faster than they really are. Um, you start to rush plays. You don't realize how much time and space you might have in certain situations. Um, but uh, but I would I would say that that's the best way to put it. The game is slowing down for them. 
Um, they're recognizing those situations. They're able to read the play better, um, read the, you know, the opportunities that they may have to skate with the puck, um, you know, where their options are, who their options are. And, and some of that is, is experience. And some of that is getting more familiar with the players that they're playing with and the league that they're playing in. So um, that's just part of the progression. And uh, they certainly um, look like they're, they're, they're on the right track. When you have a group like yours, I think it's always so important. It's, it, you can have talent, but the, the talent needs to fit. And I always kind of bring up the Claude Giroux and how good he is on face-offs, how good Coots is. You're talking about two top four guys in the entire league that you have on your team. And it just so happens they're of opposite hand. You can put one guy on the right face-off circle, and he's the best in the league there. Another guy on the left face-off circle on a PK, and he's the best there. I mean, what great variables to have. Uh, but also I think part of that too, Mike, is – having you know a veteran core a middle core and a young core and you guys seem to check all those boxes and you're getting contributions significant contributions here early on at least from all three yeah you know what we um one of the big words for us and and av um you know when addressing the group and the captains and and uh, and just sort of talking about our expectations and, and why we are optimistic as a, as a coaching staff is balance and uh you know, like again, we keep using the word depth, and uh, and we we have more depth. I think I think balance is a really uh, good way to put it. You know, you you look at uh, night after night, we have the ability. Who, who's our first line? That could be in question every single night. Who's our first power play? That could be in question every single night. When you have different lines and and different groups that can go out and contribute, whatever the situation is then you have balance and, and, and a team can't just focus and concentrate on one particular line and shut them down or one particular power play and shut them down. Um, we have different people that can contribute and, you know, and, and uh, I guess what that means is, you know, every night a, a different line, a different person might be the hero. You know, obviously you saw it with uh, Faraby and, uh, and Hazy's line, the first game and Faraby gets four points. And then the next night TK goes out and, and, and he gets a hat trick and, 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 and I, would expect that to, to be similar kind of the whole way through, whether it's on the back end or, or up front. Um, and even in goal, you know, Moose hasn't played yet, uh, but obviously he's a guy that we're going to need this year. I think we've got really good balance all through our lineup and, uh, and every good team, any team that's ever uh, made long runs, any team that's ever won Stanley Cups, they've had that. Yeah, I've kind of described the team as a sum of all parts team. It's, it's everything. What, it's no individual, it's no singular line, it's no singular D pairing, it's a sum of parts team, which is, I think, is it is really difficult. You've coached against teams like that, and, and they never let you up for air, do they? No, that, and that's that's what you need. You, you know, like you, it's you want to have that sustained momentum through the course of a game where you know it's a, it's a kind of one shift goes out and it looks one way, but then then there's not a big drop off the next shift. It's you sort of keep going out there and punching your opponent in the face and and eventually you take you get to a point where you just take the game over um we're not 100 percent on top of our game yet nobody is uh but uh, but we like a lot of the things that we've seen but we feel that that's where we can get to is that uh we've got a group that can go out shift after shift and uh, and really control play um really have an opportunity to attack to to create offense um, to be dangerous and and also defend at the same time and so uh, yeah again it's it's exciting for for us as a coaching staff we know that we have an awful lot of work to do you can see there's certainly some sloppiness there's some areas that we have to tighten up giving up too many scoring chances um, in certain areas but 
there's a lot of good things that we're doing to put ourselves at a you know in a spot where we can learn these things and still be two and zero on the season. Yeah, that that's that's the the part that you you love the result. You don't love the process completely yet because, like Av said, you guys may be spending a little too much time in your defensive zone. You want those zone exits to be a little cleaner and, and those types of things. Hey, hey Mike, you, you're the, uh, the the PK mind. Um, let me ask you because you know you had uh, Scott Lawton in the box in that second game at one point, and you're down Sean Couturier. And you had some guys just coming off a shift that maybe you'd normally use. And I saw Joel Farabee out there on the PK. Uh, how do you think he fared in his first NHL penalty kill? Well, I, you know what? Joel's a guy that I've been pushing for. It's, it's, it's tough because uh, everybody's fighting over Joel right now. Mike Terrian <laughs> really wants Joel on the power play too. So, you know, like you've got to obviously have uh, everybody. You want everybody in your lineup to, to, uh, to fill a role, to have a role on the team. And so, uh, you know, if you have everybody's playing the power play and the penalty kill, that means you're going to have some guys that aren't factoring in. Um, but he, he's a guy, he's going to be a penalty killer. There's no doubt in my mind, the way that he reads the game, he's, there's still a little bit of inexperience there. There's some situations that where he reads it, but maybe it's uh, um, not quite as quick as, as, uh, as you would want it to be. Uh, but the, these are things that are going to be learned. And uh, he's very, he absorbs things very well. He is very coachable. And, and like I said, his hockey sense and his reads are, are very, very high end. So uh, I, I really like his potential as a penalty killer. Uh, two storylines really led the way in camp for, for me, Mike, and I think a lot of people. It was Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom, uh, each coming off of very unique circumstances uh, the last the past year. Let's start with Nolan. He, he didn't play a shift last year. And as a coach, your first year here, you didn't get a, a, a tremendous look at him. Um, and your first impressions and seeing him in camp this year, because every time I was at camp watching you guys do drills and scrimmaging, the, the orange-white scrimmage at the Wells Fargo Center in these first two games, he has flashed for me every chance I've gotten eyes on him. Uh, what's your impressions early here of Nolan Patrick? Well, you know, we didn't get to see him in a game, but we saw him a lot in practice last year. And so last year, for especially for um, A.B., for Mike Terry and myself, um, the the biggest thing was his skill level. Obviously, you're a high pick like that. You 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 know that the guy is going to be skilled, whether it's his skating, his hands, his shot. Um, All so the that, above that in really his case. Us. <laughs> yeah, of course, exactly. Now, what you don't get a chance to see is how how he plays in the game, how he thinks, how he reacts, um, hockey sense. Uh, and and I I would say probably what's impressed me the most so far that I didn't know about him is his. Um, his responsibility is play away from the puck, his defensive game, his 200-foot game, however you want to put it. Um, you know, I, I know for a fact that A.V. went into the first game and said, you know, it's his first game. Maybe we should try to keep him away from Crosby a little bit. And halfway through the game, I think A.V. said, no, screw that. This kid's doing the job. Let's get him out there. <laughs> so, I mean, what a luxury for, for A.V. When you're, when you're throwing forwards over the boards and you've got one of the arguably – the greatest players to ever play the game. And you've got a guy who wasn't in the lineup last year at all, who's still a very young player, but you have confidence to put him out there against him. Um, so I, I think that's, that speaks volumes as far as uh, what he's, what he's shown us so far and, and what we think of his hockey sense. And I'm telling you, you need skill and you need to, to create offense. You need to score goals. He's got those abilities, but you need to be able to defend. And, uh, and so for me, for a younger player and a guy who's missed as much time as he has, his uh, uh, his 200-foot game and, and his defensive game and the way that he thinks the game has been, I would say, the thing that's jumped out and impressed me the most. Yeah, I always say they have a scoreboard and it's got two sides on it. 
and it, you you get a goal, you get one for scoring a goal, and if you prevent a goal, it means just as much as that one that you score. <laughs> this is a cumulative back and forth thing. Yeah, it's not real yeah. complicated. Yeah, no question. Defensive play is paramount. If you're just going to give up goals at ad nauseum, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many you score sometimes, and you can't win in the playoffs that way. Um, let's talk about Oscar Lindblom because he came back for the two games in the bubble. Um, and that looks like a far different Oscar than the one that I'm seeing on the ice and fans are seeing on the ice this year. That's got a goal in game one and had the empty net goal in game two. He looks much stronger, Mike. Yeah, he does. He, uh, it's funny, you know, I was watching We were watching in training camp and Oscar had a, a good training camp. He certainly looked stronger and faster and just healthier in general, you know, right from, right from the start. And that's obviously that's to be expected with, he needed that time. His body needed that time given what he's gone through. Um, but when you're watching training camp and he's playing against his own team and you're having scrimmages or you're doing practices, Oscar doesn't really shine in those situations. He, he doesn't look bad. I mean, you're going to notice his shot. You're going to notice his hands and he does lots of good things where he really shines is he's one of those players that, it's a very high compliment that I'm giving him is that he's a gamer. He's able to elevate his game, you know, and, and, and help your team win whatever the situation calls for. Oscar always seems ready for it, whether it's creating offense, heck he scored a goal off his head the other night, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like, but you also saw the shots that he blocked, you know, he's, he's getting power play time. Now Um, he's the first guy to step over the boards and, and, and kill penalties for us. Uh, you know, whatever the situation calls for, he's a gamer. He he recognizes the situation. He knows what the situation calls for. And that's when he is able to elevate his game and, and, and really uh, be noticed out there. So for me, he looks, he, you know, he was playing at such a high level for us last year. It was a, it was really a huge loss for our group. Um, you know, and, and he's such a well-liked teammate. Uh, but to me, He's been he's been one of our stronger forwards in terms of his uh, his all around game through the first two games. There's very few times where you you're looking at him and you're saying, man, he's just not on top of it, or he needs to get better in this area. Yeah, he's he's a really well rounded, uh, uh, complete player. Yeah, and being called the gamer is the ultimate compliment, by the way. I think because um, you can have all the skill in the world and you can flash and practice and dangle around everybody and drills and do all that stuff. If in the game you don't know where to go or have the willingness, and Oscar has a willingness, and just I don't think that you guys probably have to tell him where to go in the offensive zone. He knows to go to the blue paint. He knows to play below the goal line, doesn't he? Yeah. There's again, I think he. You, you, we're going to see him score a lot of goals from you know, the top of the circles or out a little further. He's got a great shot, uh, but he, he just reads the situation. And sometimes those opportunities are there, but if those opportunities aren't there, if they're taking away that ice, then then where are your opportunities going to come from? I, and, and again, I think that's that's uh, what a smart player does. He, he They're able to take, you always have to read what the other team's giving you. And, uh, and if they're taking something away, that means something else is there. And, and he's able to find that. Mike, last thing for you. Um, the goaltending that you got in the first two games from Carter Hart, and you mentioned Brian Elliott, and he's going to be a big part of it. Maybe he gets his first start this week with this back-to-back situation uh, coming up against Buffalo on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, but Carter Hart in game one and two, and two you guys uh, uh, were outshot in the games, and I don't really count shots. I count chances more than anything because um, not all shots are created equal. Um, but some of the saves that he gave you in those games were spectacular. And I was wondering, you know, when they went to the bubble in Toronto when you guys went and and with this unique circumstance, if goaltending would be be behind the shooting, like pitchers are ahead of the hitters in baseball in the beginning of a season, 
And that may be the case in some places in the NHL, but it's not the case when it comes to Carter. He looks really dialed in. He he looks unbelievably dialed in for sure. Um, you know, we discuss, it's funny you say that because we discussed that last year, sort of as far as who, who has the advantage. I don't know. I don't know if, um, uh, if it's the same from person to person, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you might have one goalie who really struggles out of the gate. Um, and then you have a, a guy like Carter. He, he came in and played so well in the bubble, uh, after all that time off. And now he's, He's showing us that he's he's ready right from the the drop of the puck uh, right from day one this year as well. I, I think you probably have to look at the individual and and first off it, it comes from his work ethic. The one thing as a goalie that you can do, a lot of the drills that they do, a lot of the uh, uh, Kim Dillenbach who does such a great job with with the, our goalies is a lot of the drills that you're going to do are very game specific. Um, so even though you're not playing in games, you're seeing situations that are very game like. And uh, and you get in the repetition of those game like, but that doesn't mean anything if you don't have a guy who practices at 100% and and you know has the focus and and then you you combine that with his ability to read plays, how quickly he processes things in his mind, uh, and then his natural ability. So uh, I'm I'm I I would say we didn't know what to expect last year going into the bubble, but based on his play from last year in the bubble. Um, I would say we're in a very similar situation this year, and I'm not surprised to see him playing the way that he is. Yeah, uh, the, the the best goalie coach I had growing up used the term all the time, repeat the compete. In practice, everywhere, you had to repeat the compete, compete to the end to not let any pucks get in. That way, when you got into a game, it was habitual. It wasn't anything yeah. different. And that's, that, right. that's Carter. I mean, he's, he's always adding these new save selections to his bag of tricks as well and trying new things and constantly evolving and at that position you have to so uh that's just the way it is hey mike uh, i enjoyed yep. our conversation we'll talk again because we are back in season which is which is great uh best of luck coming up on monday and tuesday against buffalo that's an interesting team to match up against a little different this year with taylor hall there playing with jack eichel right yeah they got they have a lot of skill you know you look at uh they got Skinner. They got Stahl. Guys that have scored 40 goals in the league. They've got Eichel, obviously a top tier skill wise player. Uh, they got some young players that are coming on. Darlene on the back end. Uh, you know, that's the thing about our division is we've got all the teams that were already good, and we got some teams that are that are <laughs> ready to be. Good. So uh, yeah, we got to make sure that uh, you approach these games. You can't have any kind of letdown. And and one thing that you want to do, obviously, we want to get points, but we're playing against a team like Buffalo. We don't want to give them life. We don't want to give them belief. We want to hit them questioning themselves and uh, because they, there is a lot of potential on that team. So we got to approach these games with uh, with a lot of urgency, a lot of desperation. That's the way that they're going to come in. Um, they haven't won yet, so they're going to look to, to, to fix that, and we have to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and you guys are all fighting for the same real estate within a division, all four-point games. It's, that makes it exciting. I love it. Hey, Mike, thanks for doing this. We'll talk again soon. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks to Mike Yo for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. We'll be back tomorrow with another game day episode as the Flyers will take on the Sabres at the Wells Fargo Center tomorrow evening. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's game day edition of Flyers Daily.